0: The information presented in this podcast is of a general nature and is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. It should never be used as a substitute for mental care, medical care, prevention, diagnosis, counseling, treatment, or other services. Always consult a mental health professional before engaging in any activities discussed in this podcast. Thank you for listening. Have you ever wished for magical powers? Do you still await your Hogwarts acceptance letter? Well, welcome to Hogwarts. You are magical. And this is your invitation to join us in exploring the psychology behind the most magical series, Harry Potter. Welcome to Harry Potter Therapy.
1: you magical people out there and thank you so much for tuning in to harry potter therapy i'm your
2: host dustin mcginnis i'm a musician filmmaker and all-around fanboy and i'm dr janina scarlett i'm a clinical psychologist author and a full-time witch
1: so today we are doing chapter four back to the burrow as we left off in the last chapter the weasleys are coming over to pick up harry for the rest of the summer vacation and take him to the world quidditch cup By noon the next day, Harry is completely packed and ready to go. Aunt Petunia and Uncle Vernon are anxious about these witches and wizards that are about to visit their home and pick up Harry. They don't know what to expect. As we know, the Dursleys are very superficial and worry about what people think about them. Why do you think the Dursleys, a family who have been presented as abusive, stuck up, and just outright foul, care so much about what people think about them, but not enough to change how they look or behave?
2: You know, I think some individuals really want to fit in, actually, the truth is most of us are born with this need to belong, right, to be a part of society. And the way some people find that sense of belonging is through connection and love and compassion and others are through maybe these superficial kind of behaviors like the ones that Dursleys engage in sometimes through otherness or through sometimes fake superficial behaviors and I think for Dursleys it does seem important to be liked by everyone as is I think for a lot of us but the way they go about it doesn't make them very likable so it's interesting that the very method they're trying to implement to fit in is actually backfiring. I also imagine that they're probably nervous about having people that they don't know coming into their house considering that the first time they met Hagrid, he put a spell on Dudley. And I imagine they're probably nervous about what might happen next. They might be feeling kind of powerless here. To a degree, I can understand their concern. And at the same time, I also think that unfortunately, their very mannerisms make them not very likable and not very relatable.
1: It's very interesting that you mentioned their fear because of what happened to Dudley, because Dudley is just the most anxious out of every one of them. (laughs) I mean, his last encounter with the magical person ended with him receiving this curly pig's tail, and he had to have that medically removed. And I bet that was a huge traumatic experience for him. Due to this traumatic event, I can see why Dudley would be scared of the magical community as well. What are your thoughts on Dudley's trauma and his fear of magical individuals?
2: I think it's one thing for somebody to set a boundary, right, to say, hey, you can't have this cake or you can't speak to this person this way. But it's another for somebody, especially somebody like Hagrid, who's already... Kind of at an advantage over Dudley in that Hagrid is an adult and he's a lot bigger and obviously physically stronger. And then using his magical ability, his weapon, if you will, against a child. I do think Hagrid should not have done that. It is a form of a physical assault and it is traumatic. And Dudley had to endure surgery, as you said. And so I do completely understand Dudley's trauma here, Dudley's traumatic reaction. I'm surprised he's at home. I'm surprised he didn't leave the house and stay at a friend's house or something like that. And I wonder why the Dursleys stayed. They could have gone away for the weekend. And again, I understand the Dursley's hesitation and apprehension about having the magical community members coming to visit, I think, Being in their situation, many of us would be apprehensive and nervous and maybe intimidated as well. And also, I imagine at the same time, many of us would have had very different reactions to begin with.
1: Definitely. Speaking of reaction and fear, and this is the second time they meet a magical person, The Dursleys are in the other room away from Harry, and they just come running into his room, and they're just screaming, and (laughs) they're screaming so loud that they startle Harry. Apparently, Arthur, Fred, George, and Ron Weasley tried to use flu powder to arrive in the Dursleys' fireplace, and they get stuck. (laughs) So what they didn't know was that it was an electric fireplace, so, all the Dursleys heard was this disembodied group of voices, you know, just coming from the fireplace. It's actually a very comical situation, but it's something that would definitely cause me to run screaming myself. To make matters worse, Mr. Weasley has to blow up half of the whole wall just to get them out. So, this is a very bad impression for them to make. And in this light, the Dursleys' apprehension to embrace the magical community seems very valid. But do you think there are ways to? bridge gaps this wide, you know, say even in a society as divided as ours.
2: I do. I think that what intensifies these kind of gaps is when we engage in assumptions and when we avoid each other because we're likely to form opinions and then look for any reasons to confirm that bias that we create. But ultimately, what creates more humanity is the ability to sit down with somebody that we maybe haven't really connected to, somebody that we maybe have previously considered as quote-unquote other. And I imagine that if the Dursleys were to sit down with the Weasleys and maybe spend an evening with them. It is possible that after a few hours, they might have found something in common and if there was maybe a game that they played together or some kind of an activity that they did together, then I imagine they would start liking each other individuals who find some form of commonality for example a song that they like together maybe a meal that they could share together or sometimes even imagining that the other person might like the same kind of food or movie a book or a tv show can allow us to like that person more and i think that if the weasleys were to spend that time with the dursleys and if the dursleys were to give weasleys a chance it is possible that by the end of the evening they would If not like, maybe at least tolerate each other more, be less intimidated by each other, and maybe have less resentment for one another.
1: That would and, be a dinner I would want to see is the Weasleys and the Dursleys. I would pay to watch that.
2: <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a wonderful fan fiction idea. I would be surprised if it doesn't exist already. But that would be a wonderful fanfic piece, you know, family dinners. At the same time, I do want to point out that the Dursleys had been living with Harry for, what, 13 years at this point. I think it is due to them still continuously othering him rather than trying to get to know him that they're still not getting along with him and he's not getting along with them.
1: Yeah, that's a bummer. I feel bad. Always for Harry. Yeah. Anyway, the Weasleys end up helping Harry with all his things, his books and his trunk. They enter the fireplace and use flu powder to go back home to the burrow. Harry, Mr. Weasley and the Dursleys are left behind. Before Harry leaves, he says goodbye to the Dursleys, but they just ignore him and they don't even say a word. Just as Harry is entering the fireplace, Mr. Weasley stops him and he says to the Dursleys, Harry said goodbye. Didn't you hear him? Harry says that it doesn't matter and that he really doesn't care about their behavior, but Arthur insists they say goodbye to Harry how valuable do you think it is to stick up for those who can't really stick up for themselves and how can one get over their fears of stepping in in situations like this?
2: It is extremely valuable, of course, to stand up for people that we care about because it shows them that we care. And I think for Harry, it was really meaningful to have a father-like figure stick up for him. I'm also really curious about what made Vernon not say goodbye to him because I'm wondering what he and the family were experiencing. We're making an assumption that they didn't say goodbye because they're rude, right? That that none of the Dursley said goodbye because they're rude. And given their behavior, it makes sense. But I also have to wonder if we're also engaging in this kind of confirmatory bias behavior in that we expect them to be rude, so we look for any evidence to confirm it. But a part of me wonders if maybe they didn't say goodbye because maybe they were still kind of frozen with shock or fear. And sometimes when we're frozen and we're expecting something bad to happen, we have a really difficult time engaging in something that on a regular basis, we might not have had a difficult time doing like a friendly greeting or friendly farewell. So again, I don't know what was going on for the Dursleys in that moment. And so I think that it was really noble of Arthur to stand up for Harry, but again, I would love to see the two families really get to know each other, but it would take both of them being open and willing and compassionate to actually be able to have that kind of civility and humanity to be able to talk to one another.
1: I guess where I was going with it was more along the lines of how important is it for someone to advocate for someone. I get where you're coming from with the Dursleys. This is a wild situation for anybody to have to endure seeing, you know, someone blow up their fireplace and all this, all these things just happening. And Mm -hmm. then again, it's not a stretch to say that the Dursleys are kind of horrible people. And even if that situation didn't occur, they might still have treated Harry in the same manner and ignored him. And In that aspect, how important is it to have someone advocate and speak out? I guess I'm reaching for someone on a train who's, you know, abusing somebody and a person sticking up for them.
2: Well, of course, I mean, it's obvious, right? It's very important. I mean, that's not even a question, (laughs) right? It's very important for us to stand up for people. If we're seeing somebody being bullied or abused, it's important for that person to know and see that somebody cares about them and... If we're unable to stand up to the bully, at the very least, we need to support the target, right? Maybe by pulling the target of the bullying aside and supporting them in that moment. I also want to be really careful about demonizing people, right? Are Dursleys unkind to Harry and abusive to Harry? 100%. Do they deserve to have Harry live with them? Absolutely not. They're not good people. And at the same time, I do want to have a sense of humanity here in that they have been through a trauma. They have been put in situations that made them uncomfortable and, and situations in which they were not really given a choice. And when your home gets broken into and your child has a body part either broken or installed in them, and you don't feel like you have control in your own home, I can see people getting defensive. So again, I don't think Dursleys are good people. And at the same time, even people who are not good people also don't necessarily deserve to have bad things happen to them, right? So, I mean, I guess I'm trying to approach this here with a sense of humanity and compassion in that hurt people hurt people and then the cycle of abuse just continues. It is important to set boundaries. It's important to stand up for people. And at the same time, nobody deserves to be mistreated. If there is a way that we can stand up to the bully, without abusing them, right? But standing up to them and, and putting them in their place and setting a boundary, I think that's where that distinction comes in. Uh, but I also don't agree with doing something hurtful on purpose, even if somebody was bad. And I think boundaries are different from hurting other people. Yeah, this got me
1: thinking about the fears someone might have of trying to step in and help even though they want to, even though they know it's bad, even though deep down they really want to, but they don't have the, I don't, I don't want to call it courage because I think that's the meaning, but there's, maybe the
2: skills or yeah, yeah they're the afraid.
1: Ability. How does someone get over that?
2: Well, I actually want to be careful here too, because sometimes the situation might be dangerous. There might be an individual who is physically abusive. And so sometimes if we stand up to the bully, then there might be a threat of violence to ourselves or our families. And so sometimes if that's not possible, if we're unable to stand up to the bully, at the very least, we need to support the target. We need to find every way possible to either get the target out of there, or call the authorities, or if that's safe. In some situations, that's not safe either. Or in some way, get that individual to safety. So if we remember from book two, right, in the Chamber of Secrets, the Weasleys showing up and bailing Harry out was a really good way of, in a sense, standing up to the Dursleys, right? They got the target out of an abusive situation. Arthur Weasley standing up for Harry. I think that was a good way of setting a boundary. It is a good way of reminding the Dursleys that they need to be polite. Again, I don't know exactly why the Dursleys didn't say goodbye. You're probably right. It was probably more because they were being rude than anything else. But again, I don't want to make assumptions. But at the same time, it's probably not right of some of the Weasleys to play jokes on the Dursleys or to destroy their property.
1: Speaking of jokes... The Dursleys actually go through it in this chapter because Dudley has another incident with magic that he's probably not going to get over. Anytime soon. Just as Harry and Arthur are about to leave, they hear this horrible gagging sound and Aunt Petunia just screaming bloody murder. They turn to see Dudley gagging and sputtering on this foot-long, purple, slimy... They say it's a foot-long, purple, slimy thing protruding from his mouth, but it's actually his tongue that is just engorged. (laughs) this engorged tongue that is super enlarged. And apparently he had eaten a toffee that fell out of Fred's and I'm 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 doing the air quotes fell out of Fred's pocket and had to deal with the repercussions of this engorgement charm that Fred had put on it. I swear these two twins combined to create the Loki god of mischief. They're just awesome, and they just get into so much trouble. After all this, Mr. Weasley politely explains what happened and offers to help them. But Aunt Petunia dives onto Dudley's body like a soldier diving over his buddy to protect him, <laughs> and Vernon starts throwing ornaments at him. It got me thinking about people who refuse the help and good intentions of others. Sometimes those who want to help someone through a situation that they had nothing to do with, and getting the wrath and the anger of that person. Just because someone's hurting doesn't give them the right to be unkind or, or abusive.
2: I 100% agree in that just because someone's hurting, it never gives them the right to be abusive, right? It's not right that hurt people hurt people. It is never okay. And, you know, once again, just playing devil's advocate here, I have to wonder how, the Dursleys felt here, seeing their son hurt, right? Essentially, almost like having a really bad, almost anaphylactic reaction, right? His tongue is swelling. If we see that as an allergy, we need to inject someone with an EpiPen at that point. I imagine that seeing that it was magic that got him there, I can see them being protective and not wanting any more magic in their house. Often we're seeing all of it from Harry's perspective. And although again, I agree, the Dursleys are not good people. They've done a lot of damage, they're abusive, they're rude, they're awful. And at the same time, I can also see their hesitation, I can understand their fear. And I think fear makes people erratic and irrational, and I think that's what's happening here. I think that had they not been afraid, it is possible that this would have gone differently. I don't think that they would have loved each other. I don't think the Dursleys and Weasleys would have loved each other just from this brief encounter, but it is possible that if the Dursleys didn't feel threatened, they might have reacted differently to the Weasleys visiting them. I again would have really like to have gotten everyone's perspective maybe it's the psychologist in me but i would have loved to know how everyone was feeling at that <laughs> point and harry and the dursleys and the weasleys and you know each of the members there each of the characters there because i imagine the stories we'd hear from both sides would be very different and i imagine that again if they sat down and were to share how they're all feeling with one another there would probably be more empathy in the room
1: yeah I don't think the Dursleys are going to be trusting the magical community anytime soon. (laughs) No. This is one of those situations where we know they're bad people, but I actually feel bad for them in this situation. It is a disaster in epic proportions and it's a very bad impression on the magical community. They leave and they get back to the borough and that's the end of the chapter, but boy, this chapter was something else to really look at from a different perspective, from the Dursley perspective. Thank you so much for joining us. Again, my name is Dustin. You can find me on Twitter at
2: Geek, And I'm Dr. Janina Scarlet. You can find me on Twitter at ShadowQuill or Dr. Janina Scarlet Official on Instagram.
1: For all of our listeners out there, we are sending out free signed copies of Dr. Scarlett's book, Harry Potter Therapy, an unauthorized self-help book from the restricted section. To enter the drawing, all you have to do is tweet about this podcast with the hashtag Harry Potter Therapy. We will choose one lucky listener every month to receive their free copy. Unfortunately, due to high postage costs, international listeners will not be eligible for this promotion. Take care. Stay safe out there, buddy. Be kind and stay magical.